This is Around the Rim with Lachina Robinson. Hey, basketball fans. It is your favorite producer, Tarika Foster Brasby. Indeed, I am checking in once again for another episode of Around the Rim. It is my pleasure, of course, to bring you another season of Around the Rim and with your host, LaChina Robinson. Um, first and foremost, definitely want to say thank you to all of our fans who continue to support us and continue to support the show. Um, we had a great WNBA season, both as a show and uh, as just fans of the game. The season itself, uh, marking the 20th of the WNBA, was definitely amazing even down to the finish. Big congratulations to the LA Sparks on becoming the 2016 WNBA champions. However, it is time to turn our attention to the NCAA season and all the excitement that comes along with college basketball. Um, This year for the show, we wanted to start off the season a little different. We want to let all of you guys know what different players and coaches are thinking of how they're going to start their season, what their outlooks for their seasons were, um, and all just to get an opportunity to get to know some of our players and coaches on and off the court. So we're doing a series that we are calling an inside look. In a moment, you're going to hear from LaChina, who sat down for an exclusive interview with South Carolina Gamecocks coach and Naismith Hall of Famer Dawn Staley. And let me tell you, Dawn is amazing. She really shed some light um, on quite a few things. And I just want you guys to know as far as our loyal fan base, do not worry. We will return to our usual format, our four-quarter system, our breakdown of all the games that I know you guys are watching and will continue to watch throughout the course of the season. That has not gone away at all. We're just bringing in something a little different this time, something, some around-the-rim extras. That's what we'll call it for right now. Um, so without further ado, here's your host, LaChina Robinson, with Coach John Staley. We are joined right now by the head coach of the South Carolina Gamecocks, Don Staley. Welcome, Don. Thank you, LaChina. Represent Philly, as always. What's the weather like in Philly right now? Because I'm going to tell you this. This Bristol weather is the pits. I, I have no idea. I, I don't know. I'm declimatized. I know it's 75. <laughs> It'll be 80 tomorrow in Columbia. In Columbia? Yes. <laughs> that's all you yes, need to know. That's all you need to know. <laughs> and it's probably 80 in the ATL, so I'll be going home tomorrow, too. <laughs> we'll both be in warmer weather. But we're excited to have you, especially this time of the year where basketball season right around the corner, as you know. And today, the AP poll is released, and your team is preseason number four. Um, I, I mean, I, I just... Your program and what you've been able to build there, it's, it's even hard to put into words, you know, and the work that you've put in, a lot of people don't know what you've done as far as your staff, the marketing, what you've had to do recruiting-wise to get the talent. So let's just start with, are you surprised at how quickly you've gotten this program to where it is now from where you started? Well, if I go back eight years, yes, because we felt, Every loss, we felt every transfer, we felt every disappointment um, when we were going through it. But looking back on it, you got to look at it as, you know, we were freshmen eight years ago. Mm -hmm. Freshmen. Freshmen. And what we ask our freshmen to, you know, to do is just 
just um, it's a it's a process. It's a process for us all. It's a process of winning. It's a process of learning how to win. And in order for you to do that, sometimes it takes you taking two and four steps back. Uh, obviously, I'm a I'm a firm believer in this. Um, and if you don't if you don't pass certain life tests, mm-hmm. uh, you'll keep seeing them over and over again. Um, and once you pass it, you'll move on to another life test. And I think as a coach, um, I didn't I didn't experience that until I got to South Carolina. There were certain things that I needed to learn as a coach in order for in order for me to get over a hurdle, mm-hmm. and in order for me to work with young people and help them hurdle their life's test that they're that they're thrown. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a kind of a living testimony of uh, being able to you know number one uh, appreciate the process. Um, know that, you know, what drives me, what drives me is not going back to that place uh, where our program was eight years ago. Mm-hmm. So I work every day. We work hard to make sure that we're, we're, we're doing the right things. We're treating people. We're communicating with people. We're making it very clear what it is that we're trying to accomplish and getting people on board uh, to help us accomplish those things. I mean, you've got people on board in a major way. I mean, we talk about what you've done in Columbia and the number of fans, 10,000 season tickets already this year. But you've just captured even the nation. And I think it started with who you were as a player. I mean, you are a staple of the game. So it wasn't hard for people to buy into. But I think what they didn't realize is this started at Temple. You know, like you've been, I think some people feel like you arrived at South Carolina <laughs> and that was it. But you really took your time um, nurturing your career as a coach. How did that transition, you know, when you look back at going from Temple to South Carolina, what was that like for, for you? Uh, it was, it was, I, I welcome challenges. Like I'm drawn to challenges. And although um, I didn't know the cha- you know, how big of a challenge it would be to turn South Carolina around because all of my coaching experiences at Temple, they, it, it was, you know, you hit the ground running and you win. Mm-hmm. You work hard, you hit the ground running, you win. And that's what I thought it was supposed to be. But then you, you know, you, you South Carolina made you pump the brakes and pump the brakes hard and left some skid marks you know, <laughs> behind us. Um, but it makes you slow down yeah. so you can understand. You don't skip over steps. I think at Temple, I, we skipped over some steps because we only, we only knew one way, which was just working hard. And sometimes when you just work hard, you're not working the right way. Mm. So you got to figure out how to work the right way. What is the thing uh, that would move South Carolina from point A to point B and point B to point C and, and you know, and, and, and continuing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess, you know, what we, what we had to do is, is learn it's a we thing. And I know a lot, a lot of, uh, I get the, you know, the accolades for, for what we've done with our program. But it takes it takes all of us. It takes a staff. You know, the reason why we're so successful, we've been successful, is our staff continuity. Our staff has been together for a very long time. We're committed. We're a family. There isn't, you know, any any job that any of our staff members wouldn't do, that we would sweep if we need to sweep. We would mop if we need to mop. You know, we would, you know, talk to a recruit you know, until we're blue in the face, mm-hmm. just so they they can understand that we are serving them. We serve our players. 
We serve them almost to a fault, you know, to a, to a point of enabling them because mm-hmm. we want to show them. We want to show them the love that we have for the game. What we do is out of out of love, out of out of, out of loving the game, and we want to surround our ourselves with with players that absolutely love the game because what we ask you to do you have to love it mm-hmm. and and we've been very fortunate to get those players in there that you know that the majority of our team love the game yeah yeah what what would you say was the turning point was it a recruit was it one certain game like when was the moment when you said we could get to the final four sooner than i thought what was that moment well, I, I think the turning point for our program is probably the lowest point, which was when Kelsey Bone transferred. Mm. That was a it, that was six years ago, um, but sometimes you gain by losing, mm-hmm. you know, addition by subtraction. And it's nothing against Kelsey; it was just that's that's where we were. We knew that our backs were against the wall. We have to do something. And I thought that united our team. It took, you know, that kind of black cloud to lose the number two player in the country um, when we're just trying to get our program started. You know, it it helped us. It brought us together. It made us a cohesive unit. And and I think we just took off from there. And it it it, it started with the birth to, you know, the NIT. And then after that, we we've, we've never looked back because. It, it brought us together. It made us closer. It made us, you know, want to fight and work with one another and do all the right things to, you know, to, to turn the program around. So you have made trips to the Final Four as a player. You've gotten there as a coach. I'm sure every time you've gotten there, you've learned something that has moved you forward. Um, as you look to get back to that point, what is the most poignant lesson that stands out in your mind as – this is how we're going to get over the hump. Well, I think we have to, we we have to, you know, make sure that our players and I know our coaching staff uh, knows this: the degree of winning and losing is so small, mm. so small. You know, it's a possession. You know, us getting to the to the national championship game was a possession, mm-hmm. an offensive rebound putback. Yep. If that didn't happen, we we would have been playing for a national championship, and we have to simulate those things in practices. We have to make you know each possession as important as the the first possession of the game, and our players need to know that. We also need to not we need to we need to always respect the process. Because I thought last year, um, after coming off you know the season before we went to the Final Four. I think our players just wanted to get back to the Final Four. And anything in between, you know, wasn't quite as uh, um, appealing. Mm. So when you skip steps like that, steps tend to bite you in the, in, in the butt. Yep. And that's what it did to us. So we have, to, we have to make everything important. We have to put emphasis on that. Um, and, you know, and, and that's hard when you bring back – you know, five new players and you have seven, five, you bring back five returners and then you have seven, you know, new players. Mm. That's pretty hard to put those things in perspective, but we have to do it. You have to take the time um, to teach them what's important. Mm. And it's the, it's the little things that, 
you, you have to pay attention to and those those, de- those detailed things. If you don't, those little things become big things and then you lose, you know, you lose sight of, you know, the, the task at hand. You mentioned the newcomers and um, it, it's been interesting to watch women's basketball and how they've handled the transfer, you know, because this is a big year for transfers, mm-hmm. whether it's you guys at Ohio State, you know, you see um, some of the top tier talent leaving and going to other places would you say you're an advocate of players being able to transfer obviously you have taken them but do do you think that um it's beneficial to the game at this point I, I don't think it's beneficial to the game um but it's a part of it's a part of our culture in the game now mm-hmm. I mean you know you know I, I know some coaches said may have said five years ago they would never take a transfer. Now, because that is that is what our culture is now, you have to reconsider. You have to embrace, you know, what we have here. Um, I, I, I do think that, you know, it's, it's an epidemic that we need to control. Um, I think young people need to be more committed, you know, to, to, to their decisions. Mm. Um, because, you know, every, I believe every time a young person has to experience some strife or some, you know, being uncomfortable, they want to jet, they want to get out, they want to leave, they want to leave the premises and go on and think that they're not going to face this life challenge again. Yes. It, it, <laughs> but just you because you that leave, challenge yes, comes back it does. until you get over it. It does. It does. It, yeah. it comes back and you'll keep, continue to face it. Um, and that's where we come in. That's where we come in as coaches. You have to, I mean, you can't control it. You can't control if a kid wants to leave because she's uncomfortable. But before it gets to that, there has to be communication, Mm. you know, communication. If there's communication and you still, you know, get to that point where you want to leave, then feel good about that. But don't Mm -hmm. leave off of one isolated incident or two or three. You know, part of your, your journey is to go through some things. It's to go through to you know, life is is gonna is 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 not real. The real world is not, you know, you. The real world is you problem solve. Yeah, you, you figure it out. You don't leave and go find somebody else. It, it's that's not how the world works. Yeah, I think what we because we our staff has been together for a long time, we know how to work through those things. So we're not afraid to take on a transfer that you know that has issues with abandonment. Yeah. We don't have issue. We talk. We force our players to talk, not text. You know, talk. <laughs> sit yeah. down. Come sit with me. You know, Kayla Davis. You got a weekly meeting with me. We're, we're going to talk. Yeah. I'm going to make you talk. Um, and 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 that's what it is. And I don't. You know. You know, she's got parents that are very involved in her career, which I think is great because it takes a village. Yes. You know, I didn't recruit Kayla Davis. So I'm going to need help from her parents and, and how to navigate uh, to get the best out of her. But my my first conversations aren't going to be with the parents. They're going to be with Kayla. Yes. Hey, Kayla, I need to talk. Let's talk. If you got an issue, let's talk. And then we can all problem solve together. Yes. That's the way it's supposed to be. And that's the way we, we run things, you know, at the University of South Carolina. Um, and I think it, it's worked for us. I know you said your team is working on its identity and what that will be. So you've got these new pieces. You've got Alicia Gray and you've got Kayla Davis and you've got Bianca Cuevas, who's now full-time point guard. And then you've got, 
in my opinion, the best front court in the country um, to start the season. So how, what do you want the identity of this team to be? Or is it something that you're willing to let figure itself out? I, I wanted to, I wanted to figure itself out because we, we want our teams to look just like the ones that were really successful. Mm-hmm. Um, like last year, we, you know, we, I felt, comfortable going into basketball games because it was so predictable. You knew what you were going to get from each player. This is kind of refreshing because you don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what we're going to get from day to day. We're figuring that out as we go along. I don't want to cookie cut and make this team what last year's team was. We don't have those personalities. So we have to figure it out. Who's going to be a leader? How do we develop that, that leadership, that voice? Well, that's on us as coaches. So what we do is we make we make a you know an a, a Alicia Gray run a drill. We make a Bianca Cuevas run a drill. This is your drill. You own this drill. We want you to make it look like you wanted to see how it how it runs. Mm-hmm. We put them in those situations where they can be leaders. They can have a voice for their for their teammates. Um, and I think it's it helps develop leaders. It helps them uh, take some ownership and and being a leader and running a drill. Um, it's those in, inventive ways that we need to to use to help our team grow and find its identity. And speaking of inventive, you know, I love how you are not afraid to evolve um, your program. One example would be what you've done from a marketing standpoint. You know, you've had to go about investing, whether it's personnel, staff-wise, monies, whatever, to get your following to where it is. This year, you were innovative from a staff standpoint in adding Melanie Balkum. Now that she has been there for some time and worked with you guys, what is the, you know, uh, many coaches, and and I think this is on your part, very humble, would not bring in a head coach, you know, from a program that was in your conference. You know, I mean, I, I and I, I love and hate this about coaches that they don't, they feel like they know everything, but they worked hard and that's fine. But um, what triggered that move and, and how's it going? Well, if you look at what what people do, what the men do in their game, mm. yes. they they don't let a great mind go to waste. You know, you could go from being fired from from one NBA job or college job, and you on somebody else's staff within a week. That's a great point. It's a great. Point. Um, we need to take care of our own. Yeah. Um, Melanie very well could have gone on, you know, to get another head coaching job right away, right away. Um, but she wanted something different. You know, I think sometimes in our careers, you know, we're we're at a crossroad. Mm-hmm. Do we need to, you know, head right back in it, you know, and, and keep our nose to the ground, the, the grind? Um, or we can step back and say, hey, maybe there's some things I need to learn. Maybe some it's different situations, you know, that I can lend my expertise in, in helping a program uh, win a national championship. And that's what I want. I wanted to be a part of growing our game. I'm not afraid. I don't know everything about coaching. Um, I'm not afraid to learn from the very best. I'm not afraid to bring somebody on staff that that's going to help our program and help our kids. Because bottom line is, it's growing. It's growing. There are certain things that Melanie does that I, I truly enjoy from an offensive standpoint. 
and defensive standpoint. Um, she brings a, a fresh perspective uh, to our staff. Again, our staff has been together for, you know, for the most part, eight years, eight years. It gets stale. You know, you, you get used to hearing the same thing and yeah. seeing the same things. Um, and it doesn't mean that we're going to do everything that Melanie presents to us, you know, but it's, it's jogging, you know, some inspirations inspiring us. Mm-hmm. It's making us think outside the box. It's making us, you know, do things a little bit differently, just tweaking things here and there. And we, we can't be, we can't be afraid to grow, mm-hmm. you know, Melanie doesn't make me uncomfortable at all. She makes me, you know, she wants, she makes, she gives us different perspectives to she's opening up another, you know, window that was closed because you get so regimented and doing things the same way because it works and you're successful, but there are other ways to be successful. And I want to just open up, you know, and, and, and open up as much, knowledge and understanding of this game as as possible. And, and we need to do that. We need not to be afraid, you know, to bring great minds in um, to help us grow. And speaking of great minds, you recently had a empowerment clinic. I, I mm-hmm. loved this concept um, where you had Lisa Borders and Cheryl Reeve and Pokey Chapman and uh, Jenny Busek. I'll leave anybody out. That was it. Okay. So you had some of the greatest minds um, on the WNBA side, which, if anything, what I want for our game is to have more synergy, right? So WNBA supports college and vice versa. I mean, we got some colleges players that aren't watching the WNBA, or we got high school players that aren't watching college, you know, so all of them supporting. But I thought that that was such an awesome idea and concept. How did you come up with that? And then, you know, what did you, what did you get from that? What did you gain from it? Um, it it came from just being around Cheryl Reeve at, at the Olympic Games in Rio. Mm-hmm. Um, Cheryl is an incredible mind. Yeah. You know, I knew that because she coached me with the Charlotte Sting. I just knew, you know, that she has so much to give to the game. And just being around her, I, I learned so much um, how she breaks it down, how she makes, you know, how she makes, you know, the analytical numbers work for her team. And I just, she opened up. You know, something in me to say, I got to get other people. I got to share this with our staff. I got to share this with the coaches that are in our area. I got to share it with, you know, other the Division One, JUCO, high school, AAU. I have to share this knowledge with so many other people because it's, it's, it's growing the game. So once I got Cheryl on board, um, and, and I had to make sure that it was after, after the WNBA finals because I knew she was going to, I knew she was going to be in the finals. Mm-hmm. And then I, I just thought about who else? And I know so many people in the game. Pokey Chapman came to mind. I text her while I was, I, I used to do like these two hour walks in, in Rio. And I text Pokey on my walk to say, Hey, Pokey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to put together this coaches clinic to grow the game, you know, and, you know, immediately. Yes. Count me in. And they're they're in the middle of their season as well. They're prepping, you know, for the for the playoffs and the rest of their season. And then I get you know I get back and I, I reach out to Juni, Jenny Busek, you know, UVA grad, you know, great teacher of the game, has you know devoted her career to being. And, and Jenny could have been a doctor. She oh, yeah. chose basketball. She chose basketball as her yeah, as her profession. So you know, and she's all about you know. You know, moving the game, moving the game for for women, and I wanted to just bring this collection of 
talent and great minds, at least the borders. She was in Rio. I asked, I, I got them on board, you know, when it wasn't the hustle and bustle of their normal activity to get them to commit. Mm-hmm. And once they committed, um, it was easy after that because you have the product. And I, I just, what I got from it is, um, I, I want, and I also wanted our, our players because all of them want, all of them want to be, uh, WNBA players and have pro careers. Mm-hmm. They don't know what it takes. They don't know what it takes. So I, I wanted those coaches to work directly with our players as demonstrators. So, you know, even if they didn't have any aspirations to being pro players, mm-hmm. they at least get the experience of it. Yeah. It's almost like our South Carolina pro day. You know, we had a pro day where we showcase our talents. Um, and, you know, what I learned from it is, you know, those coaches were saying some of the same things that we say to our players every day. So it gives us instant credibility with right, our players. Right. Um, See, I told you. Yes. <laughs> um, but also learn, you know, different ways of teaching. Mm. You know, you know, we talk about gap, you know, Pokey talked about zone offense. She's talked about Pokey's the gap. Pokey's got more vocab yes. than anybody. I she think, sure does. She got a word for a quick strike. And all quick strike. Things, yes, right? we learned that. Yeah. Quick strike. And I, you know, actually I was looking over some notes because I got a scouting report from, I know a coach for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, well, what do you guys do? What does Tibbs, what, is, what does he do? You know, to have you guys prepared for, and I know I'm all over the place, Oh, you no, know, no, prepared. Yeah. Um, and I see Quick Strike on their on their scouting wow. report, so it's putting all this all these things <laughs> together. Um, Jenny talked about playing outside of a you know structure, mm. just playing basketball, reading and reacting. Um, what we all need, what we all need, but she put it in a way that it was it was structured, but not structured. Yeah, it was giving them the freedom to move and play basketball. Um, and just play pickup because they don't play pickup anymore. Yeah, that's true. There, there are things that you learn from just playing pickup, playing with guys that you just, you know, guys are bigger, stronger. So you have to figure out how to play, how to make an impact. If you, if you're just playing with girls all the time, you won't, you won't get that. Nope. You won't get that. Nope. And I learned, you know, Cheryl Reeve is is very good, very serious about basketball. She coaches from a from a passion yes. of seeing the game played beautifully. Mm-hmm. And when she doesn't get that, you know, she was right in our place. She treated them just like Maya Moore. They were Maya Moore for a day. They <laughs> oh, were yeah. Simone Augustus for oh, a yeah. day. Moan was in the doghouse <laughs> the entire finals. So. Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 so, you know, she doesn't discriminate. Yeah, It's no. just basketball should be played a certain way and it should look a certain way. And she made our players live up to that. She talked about non-negotiables. You know, there are certain things you won't stop playing. Yeah. You you know, Atlanta coach, you won't you won't miss another layup. She asked mm. if we could find him. We said, Can we can you find <laughs> a layup coach from missing a layup? <laughs> That's how she was. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but is that our players needed to hear that. Yeah. They needed to hear, you know, accountability. Mm. Accountability. And I, I just and then Lisa Borders, you know, we had the, the coaches and the, and Lisa Borders, the WNBA president, um, just on a panel, just talking about how you move our game, how you make it to the, you know, how you make it, you know, where we can expand. Because our fans wanted a franchise in Columbia, South Carolina. How do you expand to that? And she just taught us that we need all 12, all 12 franchises strong before you, before you move on. Um, so she gave us the business side of it. 
She gave, I mean, she's, she's out there supporting her products, her coaches. She's there. She watched the entire clinic. All four, four of us, you know, uh, four of us, uh, uh, presented something and she was there for all four hours. What WNBA president, what CEO is going to watch, you know, (laughs) four hours of, you know, their product, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll show their faces here, but she came on her own dime. She came down, she watched, she, she watched all the, the presenters. She kicked some knowledge to, uh, to our fans and all the coaches that were there. And that's what it takes to grow our game. Mm-hmm. Just everybody, there's not a job that's too big or too small for even the WNBA president to come to. And that's the attitude that all of us coaches need to have. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought it was a great idea, very innovative in bringing all the levels there together. One more question, and Tarika's kicking me out. Look, I thought I was going to take advantage of the fact that we're your last, we're your last <laughs> one until Tarika slide me this paper and said, you need to rap because I could be talking to Dawn all day, okay? <laughs> Let me just tell you, okay? Okay, hold on. Okay, my last question, my last question. So you talked about Rio. Congratulations, a part of that staff winning gold. As we talk to these young people about, like, the stars of the college game, about the qualities they have to have to do the kind of things that you saw Maya Moore doing and Della Dawn doing that you've done in your career that Lisa Leslie has done. What would be the one thing um, that you would tell them they have to have for our players at the college level to continue to grow the game up through what you did this summer? Wow. The one thing. One it's, quality, it's a, I know. A, Look at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, you um, have somebody from Philly to give you one thing. <laughs> I, I, I would say the, the, the one quality um, that they would need to have is, is probably um, it's, 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 it's having the, the eye of the tiger. You know, like, you know, there isn't – I watch Maya Moore, and she – she attacks everything that she does mm-hmm. from from stretching. Like she is fully drenched. Yeah. <laughs> just after stretching. Just after stretching. And she's nonstop. Like she's nonstop. Nonstop, you know, competing with herself. She's not competing with, you know, the Candace Parkers or even even her teammates, she wants to be the very best. And if yesterday, if yesterday wasn't good enough, today brings on a new challenge, and she attacks that challenge because she wants to be the best. She she really does have blinders on when it comes to. I don't care about what other people are doing. I'm going to invest in me. Yeah. And 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 does it? You know, she doesn't take days off. So I I want players to to have that. You know, that, and it's not a skill. It's really a decision. It's not a skill. You're going to either decide that you're going to be great or you're not. Yeah. And it, it, you know, greatness doesn't take days off. Booyah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Coach. We appreciate you coming by. Thank you. By the time y'all had me on, I've been I hearing know, everybody else by time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Around the Rim. Check out more podcasts from ESPN on the ESPN app.